This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to the second hour of our newly expanded Saturday afternoon show. I'm Sterling Fox, and thanks to your support, we've been greenlighted for two hours, and we're really pleased about it. In just a few moments, John Carlson will join us with a fresh look at Vancouver real estate and more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. One of the big ones this week was Ford's announcement it's ditching most of its cars in favor of trucks and SUVs. 2020 is the target year by which time 90% of Ford's lineup will be trucks and SUVs following a 10-year decline in car sales the company could no longer ignore. Only the iconic Mustang will remain along with the Focus Active. Ford has also reported better earnings and revenue than expected recently, and the bigwigs there say the plan to phase out cars will save them $25 billion. Twitter on Thursday asked its 330 million users to switch passwords after a glitch exposed some passwords on an internal network. Twitter says they fixed the problem and there's no indication of breach or misuse by anyone, but they also advise out of an abundance of caution that you consider changing your password on all services where you've used this password. Twitter didn't say how many accounts may have been exposed and they remain confident no password information has left the system. Quote, Twitter joins a growing list of companies, including Facebook, who have experienced breaches. Delta Airlines and Sears are on that list, too, to say nothing of Equifax. Password changing can be a hassle, but nothing compared to trying to salvage your life after an attack on your privacy. In the consumer health file this week is another story from Finland. And yes, it's about saunas. A new story in the journal Neurology says people who take saunas regularly face a much lower rate of having a stroke than those who don't go as often. So first you have to know regularly means between four and seven saunas a week compared to those who only take one. But the number was noteworthy. A 61% lower risk of stroke for regular sauna people. And even for those in the middle who took maybe two to three saunas a week, the number for them was also lower too, 14% lower for risk of a stroke. The study used volunteers aged 53 to 74, and the authors are happy to say this proves again how something that helps you relax and enjoy life better can also provide health benefits. The conclusion, saunas appear to have a blood pressure lowering effect, and that reduces your risk of stroke. People with low blood pressure, however, should probably avoid saunas or at least check with their doctor first. And in addition to Golden Knights fever on the plus side, daily resort fees and parking charges are rising and spreading on Las Vegas, adding close to 60 50 bucks a day to hotel bills and annoying some visitors and locals alike who are already concerned over diminishing visitor numbers. Resort fees, by the way, cover things like Wi-Fi, local phone calls, access to the fitness room and the swimming areas, the sorts of things that, well, 
used to be complimentary. Well, that's long gone. And some Vegas folks are saying new fees will not help to attract more visitors. The Convention and Visitors Authority office, though, says visitor numbers are down just less than 1% from last year. And there have been some recent tragic events that have understandably slowed traffic a little. The hotels and casinos have no comment on the new parking and resort charges. They're still way too busy counting the money. And farmer's market season has begun around Metro Vancouver. It's a great time to get out and meet some of the area growers and buy right from them. Trout Lake opened today in Vancouver, for example, and tomorrow some of the season openers include the Poirier Street Market at the Dogwood Pavilion in Coquitlam and the White Rock Farmer's Market in Miramar Plaza as well. Doesn't get more local than this. Support your Fraser Valley growers and farmers and have a lot of fun doing it. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the show, and producer Ben will have another duly noted as well. Stay with us as John Carlson returns in just a few moments with more on Vancouver real estate and the 1% Realty Story. This is Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation from 1% Realty. Nice to see you again. Hi, Sterling. Good afternoon. Thank it's, you. It's uh, good to have you back with us, John. Ch- the times, they are a-changing in the Vancouver real estate market. The only constant in this market is change, John. Tell us about what's going on in early May to 2018. You're absolutely right, Sterling. And the thing about the real estate market is it's it's all it's like a living organism. It's changing and evolving, and we've had a lot of uh, activity, as everybody knows, out in the market in these last ten years or so. And the market remains strong. The most recent statistics have have been released now. Now that it's early May, right? And they show that the market is leveling off a little bit. If you look at say supply and demand, uh, we've been in a, in a market where boy, supply doesn't seem to be enough, and demand seems to be a little bit too overheated. Sure, and that's been causing prices to rise in virtually all segments. And over the last year or so, some of the higher-end segments have, have backed off a little bit as affordability starts to get out of reach of some of the average buyers. Mm-hmm. So the most recent stats show still a very healthy market, but a market that's starting to tilt more towards a balanced market. In other words, where buyers have a little bit more choice. Uh, in April, sales were down actually about 27% compared to last year at Overall. this time. Overall okay. properties in greater Vancouver. Okay. And the listing inventory creeped up a little bit. Now, having said that, listings are still selling very quickly. But I think we might be with some of these interest rate uh, adjustments and some of the other measures that have been brought into the market to try to calm the market, they seem to be having some effect. So I would suggest the opportunity might be for young first-time buyers or people looking to upsize in the market and maybe spend a little bit more money and move up the ladder a bit. Mm -hmm. That's been a very difficult proposition for people uh, so far. But I'm thinking that might be changing a little bit. So if, if there are people out there who are maybe thinking of selling a condo and moving to a house or maybe downsizing, give me a call and we can go over these things. But the market shows that it's still a strong market, but we're getting a little bit more balanced. And I think that'll be welcome for a lot of people. I think so too, John. My gosh, we've been going absolutely full bore, flat out for quite a number of years yet. You can't sustain that frenzied pace indefinitely. It's just not possible. Correct. But, and you know, the interesting thing about the statistics though, even though the sales are down a little bit, and even though the listings are up a little bit compared to these all-time highs mm-hmm. that, we're, that we've been talking about, sure. prices have remained quite level. I was going to ask you about that because one would think if there's a slowdown, well, that'll slow the numbers down too, but I haven't seen any price changes of significance at all. Have you? Well, no, I haven't. The market is, is still quite stable. Now, over a long period of time, if we continue to see 
less demand and more supply, that will uh, mean a, an adjustment in prices. Sure. But right now, I think what it really has done is it's kind of taken some of the pressure out of that upward motion. A lot of these uh, segments of the market have been going up and up and up and up. And now I sense that people might have a little bit more time and a little bit more choice when they're on the buying end. So market's still fantastic. If you want to sell, make sure you give me a call on my cell number at 604-612-0080, and we can talk about these dynamics, but it's a healthy market that seems to be balancing a little bit. Interesting. Now, I know this is just anecdotal, but where I live in Sapperton in New Westminster, a house just around the corner from us went up for sale. The sign was hung out last weekend, John. And it was sold by Wednesday. The sold sticker was on the side. So that was on market for maybe five days, more likely four. Boom. That, and, and, and a very modest home in a very sort of middle-class neighborhood. Nothing spectacular. Nice place. But boom, didn't take long for that to move. Well, that's the kind of home that is, is in demand. And it doesn't surprise me that a good home in a good area still will sell quickly. For instance, I just had one in, in Mission. Priced properly, this price uh, uh, $830,000, where everything in the neighborhood is selling between eight twenty and eight forty. dollars mm-hmm. We got multiple offers, five offers on the property. Unfortunately, the financing fell apart, so we held another open house a week later and got two more offers. So there's an example of a house in an affordable area that, I mean, is still flying off the shelf. There sure. are, you know, there are people that are still looking for good listings. Don't well, get me wrong. As you said, it, you know, it's, it's all about being priced right being within reach. And I was going to ask you, because again, now we've had a little bit of time since the new rules and the whole stress test business came into effect. We've had a few months of that under our belts now. Have you noticed, John, uh, with buyers and sellers, that the stress test has has slowed progress in terms of doing business, or have people just adapted and on they go? I have noticed a change. I mean, people have adapted and on they go and homes are selling. But I have also noticed that um, financing approvals are a little bit hard to, harder to obtain than That's they were. That's what I thought they would be. I've yeah. seen more uh, deals fall apart over financing than I did maybe uh, 6, 8, 12 months ago. Um, so the banks are, are being somewhat cautious in this market that is leveling off a little bit too. But um, no, I, the market is carrying on. Again, we're comparing some of these slightly down numbers to the all-time highs. That Of course. People were going crazy about. I mean, we're still a very healthy market, but that's the status as of right now. One of the things, John, that you've told us many times in your visits with us here on Vancouver Consumer is that the spring time is the busiest time of the year, bar none, for the real estate business. More people buy and sell homes in the springtime than at any other time of the year. And this is also the time of year, John, at which new first-time home buyers get into the game more than at any other time of the year. Buying a home is not easy. It's really complicated. And for a first-time home buyer, even if they're getting a generous boost from the bank of mom and dad, it's still a maze that needs to be navigated, and it's not easy, is it? Well, it's, it's not simple, uh, and, and it's, it's not necessarily easy, no. And, and that's really why I'm out here. I mean, we can get into some of the things that I do at 1% Realty, and I'm sure we will do that soon. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the spring, when, when the spring comes, buyers wake up a little bit. Yeah. I've got about a half a dozen people right now, uh, getting ready to list, but they want to get the gardens just right. And maybe do some of that painting trim that they couldn't do. Oh, because the curb appeal, uh, quotient, right? All that stuff. So right. yeah, I'm expecting a busy time through May, June, July. Um, but a first time buyer or a young buyer who might be looking for a little bit of guidance, again, I, go to my website, John, johnny1percent.com or give me a call on my cell phone, because I think that. If you're a new buyer, one of the best things you can do for yourself is to empower yourself with information Absolutely. and confidence. Yeah. 
it, it, some buyers, you know, when you, it's a process. You start, you look, and you kind of learn as you go. But that process can definitely be sped up and kind of reinforced with working with a good agent who knows the market. Right. And, and that's what I'm offering people. If they would like to, maybe if you're looking to buy a house in Greater Vancouver, the Fraser Valley, and you don't have an ally on your side who understands the market and wants to represent your interests and get you the best possible terms and, and the best possible and property. And who knows how to negotiate. This is hardball. We're talking big bucks here, John. This is this is serious stuff. Yeah, well, I, and we if don't you're th- new to the game and you don't know how to play hardball in the real estate field, you better get somebody around or on side with you who does. There's no doubt about it that the negotiating aspect is one of the biggest opportunities for an agent to serve his or her client right. with with good service. Um, you know, people sometimes talk about marketing and that's important. They talk about, you know, I am at 1% realty. I talk about the commission rates I charge, which save people lots of money. You bet. But I'll tell you, those savings wouldn't mean a darn thing if I wasn't a good agent, if I wasn't able to help deliver the, the, the results to people that they want. So I would agree with you, Sterling. If you're looking to get in the market, whether you're buying or selling, find a good agent that you can trust that will give you good information that's active in your area and hopefully someone that's done a lot of business because agents that do a lot of business tend to be on the ball. That's right. And tend to be a little bit stronger when it comes to negotiating. We'd like to take a moment here and share some thoughts uh, from one of John's clients, as a matter of fact. Cheryl is about to join us with uh, some of her reaction to having John as her agent. Um, well, John was just really flexible in his dealings with me. Uh, he left it up to me whether we communicated the... Uh, email or text or phone. Um, I prefer texting myself. So that's the way we communicated, which was very handy for me. Um, he showed up every time he said he would. Very, he, he totally just, uh, he followed through on everything he promised. Well, you can't ask for much more than that, John, in terms of uh, here's what I will do for you if you take me on as your agent. And by gosh, she accepted your services and you turned out and did exactly everything you said you were going to do. Well, that's mission accomplished on both sides of that equation. I'd say so. And it's, it's great to hear from Cheryl because working with her uh, you know, was fantastic. It was a short relationship. They had a, her and Peter had a condo in the Shaughnessy in Port Coquitlam, which is the only high rise in, in Port Coquitlam. Okay. And we knew it was a desirable product. And I think... If we look back, it's still the highest sale in that building, I think, in recent times. And we sold within a week. The interesting thing about Cheryl, working with Cheryl, she was great to work with. She gave me a great product to work with. We priced it appropriately and then sold for over list price. But I think she's also happy because not only did I fulfill what I said I was going to do, the savings in a sale price that's over $650,000 is, you know, I don't have my calculator, but at least $10,000 over what the other agents were proposing. And quite frankly, when Cheryl and I met, she had some questions. Gee, are are other agents going to show this property? Sure, Uh, sure. What am I not going to get working with you? Because the difference in commission seems like it might be too good to be true. So she had all the kind of questions that a lot of people have when we meet. But in the end, she decided to go with us. Uh, She sold quickly uh, for what I think was a fantastic price. And I was happy to be involved uh, with it. And I'm glad that she's happy. Oh, that's great news and a great story, too. And again, it's interesting because you were talking uh, while we were uh, just getting ready for the show earlier about a conversation, not with Cheryl, but you brought up the phrase, too good to be true. You had a conversation yesterday with a couple of women who have a house that they are interested in selling. So they called you up. They heard you on the radio here on CKNW and called you up. And so you had a chance to meet them. And one of the first things they said to you is, you know, this 1% business, this low 
low commission. Right. Frankly, it sounds too good to be true. So uh, when people say that to you, it seems pretty much every conversation includes the words too good to be true somewhere along the way. That is a common thread. And I, you know, this is one of the big questions that I get. Now, I don't want to say too much about these people. They haven't listed their home yet. And they've been giving me indication that I will list the property when it's ready soon. Right. But we're talking about a house in the $1.3 million price range in Coquitlam, a good area, maybe a little bit more. And they told me, you know, John, we've met with a couple of other agents and the commission rates on this house with taxes and everything in are getting close to $50,000. Oh, okay. And they said, quite frankly, what you do seems too good to be true. So we're hoping you can explain it because we sure don't want to pay $50,000 if we don't have to. Right. And so during the course of our conversation, we went and, you know, looked at market evaluation and what's been selling in their area and how quickly it's been selling. And, you know, these are things that, that, if anyone wants to call me or go to my website and set up an appointment, I'm happy to show you how this works. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Sterling, in a, in a nutshell. The real estate market is about buyers and sellers. It's really no longer about realtors, and it's certainly not about commissions. Commissions don't drive the sales of properties. Properties will sell when a buyer sees something they like and exactly. finds some value in it, right. and they want to act on it. So in a case where another company might be charging forty dollars or $50,000 in this price range, uh, you know, I quoted a price around $15,000 mm-hmm. and that would include the 3d tours that are on my website and our social media campaigns. And I also mentioned, I'm going to be mentioning a few of my new listings on this radio program. So I understand the concern when a consumer sees something that maybe costs half price of something else they're used to, but let me put this to the consumers out there. And this is why I want you to call me. And this is why I'm on the radio. You as a consumer, you as a home seller, you have a choice. A lot of companies charge 7% on the first hundred thousand. Two and a half percent on the balance. It's not a standard commission. Rates may vary. But, but those you see are the that. numbers we're pretty familiar with, generally speaking. Yeah, you're right. right. But what I offer is an opportunity to work with one of the top selling realtors in all of Greater Vancouver at a price that's significantly less. And if you think about it, with these ladies I was talking to yesterday, homes in their areas are selling in a week, two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe three, four weeks on the outset. Right. If you can't do a good job for people and get a home sold for $15,000 and not 50, I just have to wonder why. So nothing wrong with what the other agents are doing. Uh, There's other great agents in the business at all kinds of different companies. But what I provide, Johnny 1%, go to johnny1percent.com, is top-level service at a fraction of the price. Okay. And as evidenced by what Cheryl had to say. Okay, and, and we appreciate that. And thanks, Cheryl, for taking a moment to join us. We'll hear from another uh, client of John's in, in our next half hour. Uh, very quickly here, because the news is coming up in a few seconds, John, uh, back to too good to be true. All of that list of services that you talked about that you uh, provide right. automatically, as do most professional agents in the real estate business, they're all the same as everyone else. All of the MLS, the online stuff, it's identical. Well, there's a lot of similarities, yes. And it all starts with MLS and right. the, the MLS system and all the public arms of the MLS. And, you know, some agents do some things a little differently. Like, for instance, I will uh, do a 3D tour on a property and do some social media. And as I mentioned, mention listings on the radio and direct people over this audience to some of my new listings. But, yes, most agents do very similar things. And I'm just suggesting to people that it can be done more efficiently. And I make uh, up the difference on volume. Lots more with Johnny 1% here on Vancouver Consumer after the news.
And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox in studio with me, John Carlson from 1% Realty. The website is johnny1percent.com, John, and you're doing a lot of work on it this week. It's under construction. People can go there and certainly get your phone number and have a look around, but there's a lot going on on your website these days. We're completely revamping the website. I thought it might be done for today. It's not quite yet. Uh, but yes, all my contact information is there and the basic stuff and soon to be coming are all of our 3D tours and a lot of more information about 1% Realty. I also have a phone number, which you'll see there, 604-612-0080. And people can call me anytime at that number. Right. Okay. And uh, also you can go to the website and uh, you can request a, a, a meeting, a, an opportunity to sit down and, and have that conversation online as well as making a phone call. So there are multiple approaches to getting a hold of you. There. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you? I mean, my thoughts are if, uh, you know, if an agent has sold several properties lately and his clients are saving several thousands of dollars each time, that'd be something I'd want to check out. So I'm going to invite you to do that and give me a call. Well, and we just talked about this a few minutes ago about the fact that in the spring, more than at any other time of the year, more new first-time home buyers come out of the woodwork and get into the game. And, you know, it's a scary business, and the numbers are staggering. Anywhere in Metro Vancouver, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And even though you may have the money and the financing in place, there's still there's a, there's a whole process to go through. And I need to tell you, friends, that my friend John Carlson here is a member of the President's Club. That's the top 1% of all realtors in the province uh, for last year and for multiple years before last year as well. John has sold hundreds and hundreds of homes all over Metro Vancouver. So there's that experience and that level of activity, John, that, that makes a big difference. If, you know, there's a difference between a person who sells one or two homes a year and a person who sells one or 200 homes a year in terms of one's familiarity with the marketplace. The more active you are, the more uh, up to speed you are, and the more helpful you can be. I think so. An agent that's uh, doing a good business, a lot of local recent business, is probably a little more on the ball when it comes to pricing and some of the other things that you need to consider when you're buying a home. And, you know, I love working with young buyers. I mean, first-time buyers, young families. I'll tell you, it feels great. If I have a young family, I think back to some of the ones I've been working with lately, and I'm able to get their home sold and get them into another property they're happy with. And when they say to me, John, you know, you saved me ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars compared sure. to what I might have done with one of these other agents, it feels great. And when I've got a young couple who are looking to buy a house, I can think of a couple I'm working with now. You know, it's it's a bit of a challenge. Let's let's be straight here. Looking for a good house in an affordable price range is not an easy thing to do right now. And right. it's really a team effort. Having a good agent to quarterback the situation. I highly recommend it. I'd love to work with a lot of young families. Wherever you're buying, feel free to give me a call. I can set you up with good mortgage brokers, good inspectors, maybe all kinds of people that you might you know, want to rely on for various bits of advice in the process. You talked earlier about, uh, uh, relating again to our conversation about spring and the reasons it gets so blinking busy every year. And a lot of people, just, uh, some of them are planting gardens and they want to up the curb appeal quotient a little bit before they put that sign on the front lawn. But either way, whatever the decision, whatever motivates the decision, uh, it, it's perhaps something you've been thinking about for a while. And in fact, you even had a realtor come over to the house a few months ago and you had that important chat about, well, what do you think the property is worth? And they quoted you a price. Yes. If that price that was quoted to you maybe before Christmas, is that price still viable, John? Or if you are actually going to plant some tulips and get that sign in the front lawn, should you have a current appraisal as well of the value of your home for the 
proper pricing. It's about proper pricing, isn't it? That's a big part of it. You want to position properly. Now, pricing also depends on your situation, some people, and your strategy. You might want to price sharp or you might want to price a little bit high. But I would suggest that if you've had an evaluation before Christmas, that you definitely need to get it updated. I okay. mean, an evaluation is good for a period in time. But as we mentioned earlier in the show, this market continues to change. It evolves. The supply-demand ratios may change. The activities in different months can change. So I do evaluations on properties. I'm available. And uh, yeah, I would say definitely get a, a fresh evaluation before you decide to put your house on the market this time. Okay. And uh, given the changing nature of the marketplace, uh, um, uh, what we, we're looking at a couple of months. If you haven't had a recent appraisal for maybe 60 days, you should probably get it freshened up, right? I would say so. I mean, some of the mar- segments of the market have remained relatively stable sure. price-wise. So, you know, your, your evaluation might be, uh, you know, still appropriate. I, I don't know. But uh, other segments of the market, for instance, if you're looking for a condominium in Port Coquitlam or Maple Ridge and you're going on prices that you got in November, well, you're selling yourself short because that segment of the market has jumped up significantly uh, in the last four to six months. You spend a lot of time in that part of Metro Vancouver, out in Mission and Coquitlam, the Tri-Cities, Maple Ridge, and so on. I do. That is probably, they're coming to you these days, aren't they, John? People, younger buyers and older alike, it's, it's, it, they go to where the price is approachable. And sometimes it's required to take a bit of a drive out of the downtown area. Of course, there are all kinds of different buyers. Um, because I live in those areas, I mean, I'm, I love working in Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows, nice and close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love working in Mission. As I just mentioned, we had a, a recent uh, couple of offers in Mission. Tri-Cities, Coquitlam Port, Coquitlam Port Moody, Langley. I've worked in Burnaby, Surrey. Um, I'm all over the place, really. And if someone wanted to call me and they turned out they were, it turned out they were maybe out of an area where I was comfortable working, and this has happened several times, I might give a call to one of my colleagues in that same area, and I know the agents in my company, and I can probably help direct someone to someone that would fit the plans of, uh, of a seller in an area I didn't work in. And that's, uh, that person, that's a buyer or seller, would still, of course, be able to take full advantage of the 1% realty business model. Absolutely, and sometimes I'll work together with uh, an, another agent in my company. I worked with a girl named Rosie Binstead out in Chilliwack a while ago, and it was fantastic because she knows that area like the back of her hand. She works there. I handled the marketing. We announced the property on the radio. This is a duplex for a past client of mine. Client didn't pay double. They still paid the 1% realty commission, but they had two of us working on it, and she was very happy. And that's the kind of thing I want to repeat with other people. I want to provide great value to people. I want to give them great service, and I want them to say good things about me so that I can continue to do a strong business. Mind the construction tape, but there's lots of good information, friends, at johnny1percent.com, including Mr. Carlson's phone number, which is 604-612-0080. Going to take a minute here and hear from another client of John's, and uh, up next is Cam. And one day about, I'd say about a year ago, I was listening to NW, and I picked up the, the consumer show. And I go, oh, that, that must be John. And I was listening to him, and I, and I was listening to him talk about uh, the market and everything. And um, what had happened is uh, my friend Paul uh, was sold, selling a house in Coquitlam and buying one in Maple Ridge, and he ran into John. And he was extremely excited about John's professionalism and how nice of a guy and how good he was and how much he could have saved by using 1%. And he was really upset that he didn't go 1% before that. And uh, I, I, that stuck in my craw. And then uh, I decided to test the market myself. 
And my first choice was John because I, I, I knew that 1% was good. And I also knew that uh, John was um, an extremely competent uh, realtor. Well, it's an interesting story, and the part I liked about it was uh, Cam heard about it on CKNW on the Vancouver Consumer Show. So a win-win for you and me on this That's time. right. We'll both take credit for that. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, a satisfied client, John. Yeah, that's what you need in this business, really. I mean, that's what drives my business. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm in the Presence Club of Greater Vancouver. That's right. the real estate board I belong in. And really, to be in the top 1%, you need to continue to uh, provide good service to people. And I found... I'm in my 22nd year now in the real estate industry, and I really do rely quite heavily on word of mouth and referrals because my business model is a little bit different than others out there. Again, the reason I'm on the radio to show people the opportunities they have. And, uh, and so sometimes people are a little bit skeptical, but it's so great to hear from Cam. The backstory on Cam is, yes, I worked with his friend Paul. Uh, Paul re- referred me to Cam. I guess sounds like Cam had already heard me on the radio, but I knew Cam years ago from when we used to play basketball together, and I always liked and respected well, him. This is so. up at Simon Fraser? Well, no, he played there. I was elsewhere, but oh, still okay. in high school, actually. Oh, it goes okay, all, the way back, all the way back there. And so it was a nice opportunity to get to know somebody that I, again, that I really like and respect. And I'm going to tell you the straight-up truth. I mean, it felt so good when Cam called me. He had an investment condo in Langley, and, you know, it wasn't a big condo, but it was still a little over $400,000 price range. He'd tried to sell it a year ago with another agent. Didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And it just felt wonderful to say, Cam, it's done. Congratulations. I mean, the commission savings, even in that price range, is around, I think, seven or $8,000 that I was able to save. And I'll tell you something, Sterling. It feels good Not to bad. do a good job for people and then to hear them come out and give me a good testimonial like that. I want people to think about that. Go to my website and maybe give me a call because... I'd like to do the same for you. Yeah, you mentioned you've been in the business for 22 years. You've only been with 1% Realty for the last 12. So which means you you spent 10 years-ish working for competing real estate agencies. Why did you take what amounts to a pay cut to go to 1% Realty from a competing organization? Great question, Sterling. And I, I think I spent almost 14 years at other companies. Okay. And I left in 2010 in the spring. I think, you know, pretty much eight years ago exactly. I think it was May. Okay. So happy anniversary to me at the company. Thank you, Ian Bailey. Uh, but why did I move? You know what? It was a business decision. At that time, I saw that prices were rising and commissions were going up with prices and the number of realtors were, were increasing. And the average realtor still maybe sold three or four or five or six homes a year. And mm-hmm. it seemed like not a very consumer-friendly business model. And my feeling was that, you know, consumers, with the way MLS is and the internet, uh, all the information's out there, consumers can get pretty far on their own these days in terms of finding listings and doing some homework. And in my little, you know, simple way of thinking, uh, that back then I thought, you know what, consumers, they're poised to get better value. They want better value. This is going to happen no matter what I do. Sure. I thought I had a choice to either join some of the changes or fight the changes. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to join them. And I'm glad I did because since then, I've gone from being in the top 10% to the top 1% of the industry. Right, right. So as a realtor, I feel definitely pretty sharp and active at all times. I'm always busy. And I do a very good business. I mean, I, yes, I charge quite a bit less than the other companies, but I do a lot of volume. And quite frankly, 50% of my sellers will buy a home again. And maybe they buy one of the other company listings, which are great companies, nothing wrong with these. Some of these companies provide bigger commissions. So my focus is on the client. My seller gets the best possible value I can provide and the best possible service and expertise. Right. And when they buy a home, commission doesn't enter into the equation. I show them the appropriate homes that they like. Uh, and then when they pick one that they want to negotiate on, I negotiate on that. So from my point of view, again, it's fulfilling. My clients are happy. They get good deals. They refer me to other people. And my business 
due to the volume that I do, well, there you go. is wonderful. So it's a win-win for everybody. And here I'm here to tell people there are options. Nothing wrong with any other companies or any other business sure. models. But don't discount 1% realty simply because the commissions are a little bit less because you can get an excellent agent and great results. But, you know, the cynic in us, and back to that conversation you had just yesterday with those two ladies who were looking to have you uh, sell their home, and, and said, you know, you described the 1% realty business model to them, and uh, they basically said what a lot of people say to you in that initial conversation. Oh, come on. That just sounds, that just plain sounds too good to be true. But it's the business model that's been around since the late 90s, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yeah. So I like to tell it this way. I mean, a discount company commission-wise like me at 1% Realty, I'm not like a, say, a trucking company where the margins are so slim that, you know, to, to, to cut corners, maybe maybe you don't service the brakes or maybe <laughs> you're driving all night or these things, an accident waiting to happen. Right. This is not me. This is not 1% Realty. Right. I'm going to suggest to you that when properties are selling in a month or less and commission structures are what they are, there's a lot of room to do it for better value without cutting corners. And that's that's my expertise. Interesting stuff. Now, you've got some new listings you want to tell us about. Yes. And also some of the projects you're working on too. Yeah, there's a few things I thought I'd announce to people. You might want to listen up developers or people looking to invest uh, because I've got a few listings, uh, new listings that are really quite something. Okay. One of them, I'm going to have open Sunday, tomorrow Sunday between 1 and 3 p.m. The address is 20903 Dudney Trunk Road. And this is a house in Maple Ridge. It's listed at eight ninety nine nine. The lot is eighty two foot frontage by two hundred depth, and it's one of three properties required to do a land assembly. There's condo development uh, oh, potential there. Okay. The city really likes the condo development. So, the house is a four bedroom turn of the century character home with updated roof and wiring and plumbing and all that sort of thing. So perfectly livable. The family there's raised four kids in the house. Okay. But what I'm going to suggest to people is where you could go out and you buy a nice fancy house on a little tiny lot. Hey, wonderful. Eight ninety nine. Here, you can buy a 16,000-square-foot lot that one day will be quite valuable to condos. And that day might be quicker than, you know, sooner rather than later. So come and see me Sunday, 1 to 3 at 20903 Dooney Trunk Road. That sounds like a very interesting possibility for some uh, because you know, it's not a, a younger family. It's probably not the right place to settle in and, and raise the kids. But for people with different objectives in their life game plan, that might be very appealing, John. Actually, I think it is good for people with young kids. Very solid, very livable home. And, uh, you know, when I bought my property, I have some subdivision potential, and it was 15 years ago now. But that's, that's the kind of thing that when you get closer to retirement or even 10 years or five years, that's how you make a big jump in real estate is by getting, you know, a property that has some upside. You know, you make your money when you buy, as they say, and I would suggest this is a good one to, to look at. I've got two other properties that are for developers. Okay. And they're very close by. They're almost next door to one another. In the Maple Ridge in area? In Maple then? Ridge. Okay. This is on 206th Street across from Fairview Elementary School. 12124 206th and 12150206. The property in the middle has been listed with another agent for a while, still available. But suddenly now for the first time, we have three, they're about two-thirds of an acre each property in a row in an area where the city of Maple Ridge has said, we want townhome development. Right oh. across from a school, prime location. These listings are $2.05 and $2.1 million respectively. And if anyone wants information on that, give me a call because this is uh, a land assembly. This is a townhouse development just waiting to happen. And, Has uh, the uh, the area already, because you've in indicated certainly an enthusiasm at City Hall for this sort of development, has it been rezoned already the whole bit? No, it has not been rezoned, but the city supports uh, okay. that sort of so development. So there's always all kinds of details. Then, right. But this is a great one. And I've also got another new listing. It's number 407-2228 Welcher. 
and that's in Port Coquitlam. This one's a two-bedroom and den, two-bath units, 1,075 square feet. And the neat thing about this one is it's the top floor, the fourth floor. It's the corner unit. It's got a great big private deck. And nothing like being in the top corner unit, the penthouse unit. This one's 598, and it's a brand new listing, and people might want to call me about that one as well. Okay, and the address again, John, on that last uh, corner unit? It's number 407. 2228 Welcher Avenue, Port Coquitlam. Okay, and again, it's under construction, but there's lots of good information, including some of these new listings, on John's website, which is johnny1percent.com. And most important bit of information you can pick up from the website is John's phone number. Free, feel free to call him now that he's about to be off the radio at 604-612-0080. Again, that's 604-612-0080. And you got a dash, you busy guy. Thanks for popping by. It's good to see you again, and we'll catch up to you in a couple of weeks. Yes, we will. Thank you, Sterling. There's John Carlson. We're back with more after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson for another informative visit and local real estate update. Next week, we'll talk money with Fred Snyder from Mackey Research Capital, and then the world-class dentist from B.C. Perio will be along for our second hour. Time now for Dooley Noted, and today our producer Ben Dooley has another airline story, this time involving someone in business class. Thanks, Sterling. A Toronto woman flying on Air Canada with her four-year-old son was booted from the plane after she asked questions about why she couldn't be seated beside him. Heather Morton was flying business class on Air Canada between Frankfurt and Toronto on April 21st. Typically, she flies economy class, she said, but traveled in the more expensive fare class so her son could enjoy the experience. Mom and son were ticketed and assigned to sit in adjacent seats in the seventh row of the forward cabin. But more than 90 minutes prior to the flight, she says she was told the seating arrangement couldn't be accommodated. She says Air Canada customer service staff said she would have to sit behind her son, for safety reasons. She asked Air Canada representatives to produce the policy to prove such a rule existed. She says she was told they could not do so. I got punished for opening my mouth by saying I'd like to see the policy. Global News contacted Air Canada and was told that it is a policy that children are seated ahead of their parents in the business class section. Our rules require a child traveling in a business class pod to sit in front of the parent or guardian for safety reasons, in particular to apply an oxygen mask properly, said Air Canada spokesperson Peter Fitzpatrick. As the customer refused to accept this requirement after repeated explanations, we were unfortunately unable to transport her and her child for safety reasons, he added. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time now for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. With a new twist to buying airline tickets on Wednesday, the mobile-only travel seller Hopper, Inc. began offering those secret or opaque fares you see sometimes on travel sites like Priceline or Expedia that show incomplete but attractively priced flight offers. Hopper said it has access to cheap fares from half-dozen airlines, including Air Canada and WestJet, with prices as low as 35% and always at least 5% 
below posted prices. Now, since its initial announcement, WestJet and Air Canada have retracted a bit. They've said those secret fares are the same as those offered to travel agency partners, and WestJet has gone to the extent of severing ties with Hopper. So how did Hopper do it? According to their CEO in Montreal, it's quite simple. Because Hopper is mobile only and doesn't have a website, airlines don't see them as direct competition to their web fares, or at least that's what they had hoped for. Hopper did clarify yesterday those secret fares are, in fact, a Hopper-specific marketing strategy and not a unique class of airfare. They also say more carriers are coming along in the next few weeks, including at least one of the big U.S. airlines. And uh, for flyers of all classes and price points, worried about catching a cold or the flu on an airplane? Get a window seat and don't leave it until the flight is over. That's what some experts have been saying for years, and it's perhaps the best advice coming out of a new attempt to determine the risks of catching germs on an airplane. The new study sent squads of researchers onto commercial flights to look for viruses and to observe how and when people came into close contact. They concluded that people on the aisles get up the most and tend to be the most likely to be near a person spewing infectious droplets of cold or flu virus. The study was funded by Boeing, the Seattle-Chicago-based manufacturer. It was published Monday in the National Academy of Sciences. And... Uh, we were looking at a story here that must have looked like something from a movie the other day. On a freeway near Indianapolis, drivers literally hit the brakes and ran for the money as the back door of a Brinks truck flew open and $600,000 in bags of real American money came flying out in every direction. Police described the event as, well, absolute chaos. People came rushing from everywhere to stuff their pockets. One white pickup with four people in it grabbed an entire bag of cash and quickly hit the road. Cops are still looking for them, along with a school bus driver who apparently swiped a serious stack of loot as well. Now, the police do say some people have called offering to return the money, but so far that amount is nowhere near the total missing. Not exactly manna from heaven, but free money looked pretty good for some of those drivers. And fans of Playland already know this, but in case you haven't heard, Playland opens today at the PNE. As usual, Playland will be open weekends only for the first month, but the Beast is back, along with 35 other rides and attractions, including my favorite, the roller coaster. Hours 10 to 6 for the first few weeks, and if you buy your tickets online, you'll save a few bucks, put a group together, and save even more. Playland opens full-time seven days a week on June 15th. If you can't get down for opening day today before 6, they'll be ready for you tomorrow. And that is our show for today, produced by Ben Dooley with Andrew Ferreira at the controls. We appreciate your feedback. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for the show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.